Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70 on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. With me as always, David Jones, IPOP editor at the same place. Uh, David, since we record, we have talked since last Sunday. We talked on the roundtable of Meet Me at Mutual that we did for um, after the trade deadline had passed. So if anybody hasn't listened to that, go check that out. If you have, we'll try not to rehash it too much. But since the last airing of this show, Cardinals made a couple of moves and then have now transitioned into this desolate wasteland that we're going to call the last two months of the baseball season. Um, how have you, how has Cardinal baseball been to you this week? I guess let's put it that way. Well, I'm getting good weekend naps and getting to bed a lot earlier. If that answers <laughs> your question, you know, you know I, I'm trying to watch, but it's, it just doesn't have the same oomph as it did at the beginning of the season when you're excited. What I've actually been doing, because I have the MLB TV package, is I'm finding myself going back and forth between like Peoria and Springfield and Memphis a lot more mm -hmm. than the actual majors. Um, sometimes I have one game on my computer, one game on my TV, and I might even have another one on my phone. But I'm finding that I'm actually wanting to watch these trade prospects a lot more than watching the big league club. Now, if the big league team's hitting home runs and things are looking good, then sure, I I enjoy watching that. But when they're down by a lot or a pitcher's getting rocked, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to take my chances watching Mason Wynn, watching Kloffenstein, uh, watching some of the guys like Swanson in, in the minors. So, yeah, to quote the wise sage Mo, not great. No, not, not, not great is, is, is true. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, regular listeners, so I haven't watched the Cardinals this week this year because of TV issues. But with the MLB TV package allowing for minor league games, I have been watching a lot more, a lot more Memphis, especially because of Mason Wynn. But you know, getting to see a couple of guys watched Kloffenstein um, start on Friday, and yeah, turned it on to Peoria at least some point in time today. I, I, you've watched Peoria, you said? I have. I've watched a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how? Because I watched a, like a little bit of, of Peoria today, and the camera work is um, is a ball camera work. <laughs> that is, you know, if but the pitch is fine, but once that ball's in play, you're not gonna find it again. And neither, <laughs> you know, it's just I'm like, what is going on? I messaged Kyle Reese about that. I was like, how do you watch this? He's like. Glad you're getting to experience it. So, um, so yeah, that's which of course is isn't expected, right? I mean, you're looking at low A ball; they don't exactly have the production capabilities of the big league teams. But um, still, it has been interesting. And you're right; there are a lot more names now to follow, mainly at Double A AA and Triple A. But uh, you know, a couple of them are are down a little bit lower, and there's just names to be probably get familiar with as they'll become relevant in the next year or two well i will agree with you on the difficulties of watching uh not from <laughs> just the it used to be the app was terrible uh now you mm -hmm. they've got things worked out but you're right it, it does feel a little um maybe one step up from high school uh yeah. it's not even to where college is and it can be tough sometimes and i have found myself actually shutting down the game and just doing the game day so i can see kind of like a pitch sequence uh, but even that doesn't have the velocity you don't know what right. type of pitch a guy's throwing yeah. uh, but yeah it, it it's it's kind of been 
I don't want to say fun, but it has been fun, I think, in some cases, watching some of these guys. Uh, we had Kloffenstein pitch the other night for Memphis. Uh, my good friend Shane Huey went to the game to actually check it out, and he was texting me throughout the game and telling me his fastball was sitting about 91 uh, most of the time, which that was kind of been one of the knocks on him, that his fastball really was about 90, 91. And Shane was saying that he was hitting mostly 91. He actually did hit 92 a couple times. Uh, but if you look at his line, it looks pretty good. But one thing he did is he put guys on base almost every single mm-hmm. inning. He found ways to escape, uh, but he, he struggled to keep guys off the base pass. Um, but he had a wicked slider that helped him get out of things. Uh, so that was nice to see. But even, you know, I started watching a lot of the guys that um, didn't come over through trades, but have kind of started rising in the ranks. We've got Bryson Mouts, who has a scoreless streak of over 20 innings right now for Palm Beach. Uh, this is a guy who was drafted last year, a really talented guy, had pitched in the bullpen for a long time, was hitting about 96. Then uh, I think some people saw some things in him, made him a starter. This whole starting thing is still pretty new and fresh for him, and he is looking awesome at Palm Beach. I look for him to be a fast riser. So, yeah, guys like that, it's fun. Ian Bedell getting to see him pitch. I get another guy who I think could be on his way up once the uh, the pitch count and innings count gets off of him. Uh, it's a lot of fun watching these guys, new guys, old guys. Um, it gives you something to look forward to, a little bit of hope when things aren't going so great at the big league level. Yeah, I, I think that it is – it helps pass the time, I guess you will, we'll say, and try to look for that future and look to some teams that, you know, you don't expect to watch Memphis or Springfield or Peoria or any of these teams, and you're not watching them with the same kind of intent for them to win. Um, so that's good because, you know, when we watch the major league team, even now we're still wanting them to win, at least in some part. I mean, there is that part of you that wants a better draft pick and you don't really care. But uh, I think a large part of fans still want them to win. It's still frustrating when it doesn't. But you don't have that even lesser um, motivation when you're watching the minors. You're just watching for to see what these guys are doing. You're right. Kloppenstein, I think he is a true Cardinal because it seemed like so often he would get the first two outs and then all of a sudden the bases were loaded. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he's fitting right in. Uh, with what we've seen, except the fact that he didn't necessarily, he usually got that last out, which is not always something that the major league team does. Um, and I know that, uh, what was he, uh, Sim, we've forgotten his, uh, Bur- Bur- whatever we're saying. His Robersa. Robersa, that's right. Uh, did not have quite as strong of a debut. I haven't seen, we've seen good things from Thomas Sagasi. Sagisi. Sagisi. However, pick your poison. Um, we've seen good things out of him. Uh, Greto at, um, at AAA had, had a good game in that, in that Coffin thing game that I was watching. Um, so we're seeing these guys kind of get filtered in. I don't know that I, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know that Matt Svonson has made an appearance yet or not. Um, I believe he's pitched one game so far. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're seeing them get into the system, starting to see them make, um, you know, their first steps into this larger world. And we'll see how they do. Um, and again, you've got to have something to entertain. I mean, I guess you don't have to have something to entertain you the rest of the two months. You could just shut down. You know, you can go and, and read books and take naps and don't even just just forget that the, there is a thing as baseball. But I think once you get into 
um, October and November and December, and there is no option for baseball, you're going to kind of wish you'd watched at least a game here and there. So, uh, hopefully, if you're if you're watching baseball for the next two months, watching the minor leagues is going to be a lot of fun to see what these new guys are doing. Yeah, and can I tell you a guy to look out for? Just a guy that's been on my radar. There's a guy that pitched for Springfield tonight that was hitting triple digits on almost every fastball he threw. His name is Ryan Helsley, and I think he's going to do something really big in the majors someday. I, I'm heard he's got a fast track. Um, might even be up sometime in the next week or two. Um, I, I don't know if that's accurate given the way the state of the Cardinals, but um, I'm thinking that, you know, uh, I think he's going to come up and really paint the town red. Um, that's that's. I can't do anything else with that one. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> uh, yes, Helsley went out and did his uh, rehab assignment today at Springfield, um, and looked good as far as I can tell. Um, and it sounds like he was. Um, we'll How see unfair him. is that, though? Like you've yeah. got these like twenty year olds that have probably never seen a fastball above ninety five, and Helsley comes in. <laughs> I mean, come on, I'd be the guy diving out of the batter's box. But, you know, you got to, I mean, yes, that's, that's true. It's, but then again, on the other side, if you get a hit off of Helsley, heck, even if you get a foul ball off of Helsley, true. you might feel pretty good about yourself. It's like, Except hey, for your hands. Yeah. But you feel like maybe that gives you that confidence of, hey, I can I can hang with these people um, <laughs> until you see the next three go by. It's, it's like what was uh, the story about the, uh, um, oh, man, I don't even remember who it was. One of those legendary batters, though, but it was like when they were a rookie and they faced I think it was Bob Gibson and they hit a long foul ball and felt pretty good about it until they looked and saw Gibson was not happy. Uh, <laughs> and then they struck out like on the next three bitches or something like that. So uh, yeah, you, you, you know, appreciate the moment, but don't get involved in it. Yeah. Um, I'd be thinking it'd be more like a John Cruck, Randy Johnson situation yeah. for me. Just no, thank you. Yeah. Stay way out of the way. Um, so the Cardinals did make, <coughs> excuse me, those couple of trades. On Monday, on Tuesday, sending Call Young to the Blue Jays, Jack Flaherty to the Orioles. Um, you know, just quickly, what your thoughts on on those trades and and what they meant for the team? You, you know, I think it's about what we expected. We had been talking on here for a long time about you know just people needing to hold their expectations in check. I've heard you hear various things on the radio and I won't mention names, but you hear people that cover the Cardinals that say the Cardinals didn't do what they needed. They really needed to get a number two or number three, or they should have gotten a top 50 prospect for Montgomery. And <laughs> then you hear other people who cover the Cardinals saying they did a very good job. They got exactly what they needed to get and and they got a good haul. And so I tend to fall in that camp of, yeah, they got what they needed to get they got what they should have gotten they probably got pretty good value they were not bringing back a top 50 prospect for any of this and so you know the guys that they got for DeYoung and got for uh Flaherty I, I think these are guys we're gonna have to wait on more than some of the other trades that we saw especially from the pitching size of things I don't think we're gonna see now maybe Rom makes it to the majors mm-hmm. next year uh but Showalter Swanson we're not gonna see them in St. Louis next season. It's going to be a little while, but hopefully we do see them in St. Louis at some point. And so this is one of those trades where I think the Cardinals got some help potentially for next year, probably more help for 2025, but they really restocked the farm system. And so I think that you're going to see in the off season, this is going to be to their benefit uh, because they have 
bolstered that, but also you may see some trade pieces get moved around because of what they were able to do right now. Yeah, it does feel like this trade deadline, you you really can see it, pretty much every piece that they got coming back, making the major leagues. Maybe not Swanson, again, a guy that wasn't just had been just promoted to double A, and that's where you kind of see things sort out. And of course, Showalter's a long way off, but has a lot of talent. Um, everybody else close enough that they've kind of gotten through that gap. And so, yeah, maybe they don't have a long career. Maybe they just have a cup of coffee or just become that rotating piece at the end of a bullpen. But it does feel like the Cardinals have gotten quality players back, not just people that are just kind of disposable. So, um, and yeah, that definitely sets them up better for this, for this winter. I, it will be interesting to see if any of these guys get repositioned or if they feel better about swapping a Tommy Edmund or even a Brendan Donovan because of the middle infield prospects that they brought back. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they will, but you know, that at least gives them the flexibility and, and some options when they go into this winter, um, which they're going to need because, you know, like you said, they did what they needed to do, but they didn't and they couldn't um, get 2024 settled. I mean, 2024 looks about as bleak as it did before the trade deadline, just because, you know, but that was always going to be the case. They were going to fix that more in the off season, get your depth now for the fact that, you know, they didn't have any this year. So I I think I feel like the club knows that though, right? I mean, do you feel like the, the, the impression that you've gotten from Mo and from others that they realize they're gonna have to like change their approach this winter and do something different? I think so. And I think we've seen more transparency from Mo and from the front office uh in the last two weeks than maybe we've seen in the last two years. You know, and some of it and for the Mo haters, they're not going to like this, but you have to remember that Mo can only work with what he's given. And so if the DeWitts, if the ownership say, this is how much we can spend this year, Mo can't go out and spend 30 more million dollars in that season. Now you can question the moves that were made with the money they had, and that's mm. completely fair to do. But if the Cardinals don't have a $200 million budget, it's or a payroll. It's not because of Mo. It's because of those above him. But I think we did see some things from him, and things have kind of come out that the that uh, Bill Dewitt has kind of recognized that their model isn't working, and that more money's going to need to be spent. Here is my concern, and I will say I am cautiously optimistic going into the next year. But here is my concern: I feel like if you hooked up Mo and you hooked up Bill Dewitt to a lie detector right now, and you said next year. Do you have every intention of signing either Aaron Nola or Snell or, you know, one of these top guys? I think they could say yes and pass the lie detector test because I think right now they're planning on doing that. Mm-hmm. My fear is that when next year comes around and they start seeing how much these guys are going to get paid and how much it's going to cost and it doesn't fit in with their model, that's when they go, ooh, we can't really do that. We got priced out of the market. And that's what I get concerned about. So I think right now they're saying the right things. And I think right now they're even thinking the right things. I don't think they hate the Cardinals or they hate St. Louis or don't want to win. I think they do. I'm just worried that when push comes to shove and we start seeing the prices for some of these guys next year, it's going to make them uncomfortable. And when they get uncomfortable, that's when moves don't happen. Now I could be wrong. And maybe next year, Snell is leading the rotation. We see Sonny Gray in the rotation, and this whole thing looks completely revamped. 
That's my hope. And like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I need to see it actually happen before I actually feel that they've got it, or at least that they're in line with where the fans thinking is. Are, are you on that optimistic train? Are you a little more pessimistic? Where? How do you feel? I know it's early to talk about next year, but right. are, where are you at as far as how your feelings are on that? I feel pretty good about the fact that I th- my feeling is they're going to go out and get a starter, probably a good starter in free agency and a good starter in trade. I, that's that's what I feel like they're going to at least, that's their approach. I can definitely see where you're coming from. I think for me, I'd be more likely to be worried that the Cardinals are going to, there's going to be say four really good starters out there. What Snell, Nola, um, uh, Gilito and maybe Stroman. And you can throw, Ota- do you throw Otani in there? Even though he's out of the Cardinals market, he's somebody's going to pay. Well, for him. yeah, but I'm thinking just for the Cardinals. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, somebody will, although it's going to be interesting if the Mets aren't in this mix, who's going to, um, but that feels, I don't think that that's going to impact the Cardinals plans unless, Shohei comes in and says, Hey, I want to play for Newt and I want to do it for 30 bucks. <laughs> that might, but, um, I'm but, thinking yeah. he may just take another team out of it. That would be cause they spend so much fair. on him. But, and that's yeah. fair too. Uh, that, that may impact, but my thinking is that there's going to be like these four starters and the Cardinals kind of like what you're saying are going to get that sticker shock. But as those starters then come off the board, they're going to wind up with possibly the, the, the one they want the least and have to overpay for them. And that be a problem, not necessarily for 2024, but for 2025, 2026, 2027, kind of like Stephen Matz to some degree, although we've seen a resurgence for Matz and the Cardinals obviously didn't get in a bidding war with that, but it's still that kind of idea of they're going to bring in somebody, but it may not, you know, I worry that they're not going to bring them in on their terms. They're going to wind up. And then that may just be, another reason of well see we told you we don't want to go spend for pitching on the market because this is what happens even though it's more about well if you had you know made the better offer to the player you wanted we wouldn't have this issue yeah i think you're completely right on that you know they're gonna have to they'll have to it'll have to be a record-breaking contract for the cardinals Mm -hmm. they're gonna have to go over well over 100 million probably go five years to get somebody and these guys nola um snell they're 30 giolito he's 29 right right now so you're pushing into unfamiliar territory with that and and stuff where they're not going to be comfortable but yeah i think they have to do it now you look back at this past off season and you look at the guys who got that money almost none of them have lived up to the hype i mean you look at the guys that have been hurt so uh, you know, I'm glad the Cardinals didn't spend money on a pitcher this offseason um, that was in the free agency market. Now, I wish they would have traded for somebody. But if you ended up with Rodon, if you ended up with DeGrom, I mean, you're eating that right now. Uh, you're you're paying for nothing. And so I think that can make them a little bit uh, eh. Now, let me throw this out there, too, because this has been on my mind a lot. And I hate bringing this up. But because negotiations can be nasty and how teams do it, I think this could come up. Do you have any fear that when the Cardinals are trying to sign somebody that opposing teams may be using the Contreras argument against them? The argument that why would you go pitch for this guy when pitchers go to throw for him, their ERAs go up. This guy can't call a good game. You know, everything that we've been hearing, true or not, in the media, do you fear that teams may use that against the Cardinals and they may actually have trouble signing one of these guys? Or is this just a matter of whoever pays the most money is going to get their guy? 
I think it's probably more about whoever pays the most money. Um, I think a lot of those guys are so competitive that they're going to say, it doesn't matter who I'm throwing to. I'm going to, you know, get the outs. I'm going to get this. I'm going to be successful no matter who my catcher is. A lot of these guys have had multiple catchers, right? And, and I think there's enough blowback that, you know, there's enough people. All they have to do probably is get Miles Michaelis or Adam Wainwright to talk to one of these guys and say, hey, look, it's, you know, it's fine. You know, he's not bad. Uh, Michaelis has done a really fine job of standing up for Contreras. And I think that, I think the Cardinals can counteract that if other teams try to do that. I thought you were actually going to say that, did you think the fact, the way the Cardinals treated Contreras would be a issue for free agents? And I, I don't think it will be for pitchers just because if you're paying that much for a pitcher, you, you're going to leave them in that role you would expect, um, at least for a while. Um, but I mean, it's always a possibility as well. Do you think the Cardinals, it would make sense. Like you were talking about going five years and going a hundred million and stuff like that. It would be probably very painful for them, but would it be better for them to go like a 30 million for three years? You know what I'm saying? Like 30 million a year, three years, make it like a 90 or a hundred million dollar contract. But over a shorter period of time, the AAV is higher but you're not on the hook as long. I, I wonder if the Cardinals would like to go that approach. I don't know if players want that, if they don't rather have the security, but I, I wonder if they'll at least try to approach it that way. Oh, I'd absolutely prefer that. Yeah, I, I especially with so much money coming off the books right now, mm-hmm. um, you can make anything front-loaded right now too. Right. Uh, so yeah, I would absolutely love that. I, I just think like what you said at the end there may be correct that they – may have trouble with players actually accepting that. I think players are going to want that longevity and want that job security. Um, and, you know, we're seeing more players get these either in full no trade clauses or 10 team no trade clauses because they want to have control. And that's why you got a guy who doesn't want to leave a terrible Tigers team to go to a winning Dodgers team uh, because of, you know, family issues and being settled there. And so I think they would much prefer that longer contract, um, even though it, oh, it can be tough to stomach sometimes. And I think that's if the Cardinals do sign one of these guys, I think that's what we're going to be saying that this is going to look great for the first two or three years. We think mm-hmm. after that, Ooh, it could get a little bit rough. And you hope by that point, you've got some of your young arms coming up. Um, which luckily I think Steven Matz is going to win a Cy Young next year. So sure. at least sure. we've got, uh, he is the ace of the staff right now. Um, and you know, I don't even say that in jest that it sounds like that, but he has been amazing. Um, yeah. Do you think, has he cemented his spot in the rotation next year? Cause I know some people have talked about how he probably needs to have to fight it out for maybe the fifth spot. If you go out and get three starters, but um, do you see him as someone who, has cemented that place in the rotation next year, barring injury? It was a couple of starts ago, I believe, that John Mosellock said uh, basically to the effect that if Stephen Mass continues to pitch the way he has, you don't write him in with pencil, you write him in a pen. Um, I think that he probably is getting there. And I think that, I think the fact that if he, I mean, now if he just completely blows up this, the second half, you know, these like what nine, 10 starts that he's going to have left, this all can change. But if he pitches even in line with what he's been doing or, you know, in line of what they expected with him, which is even not quite this good. Um, I think he's there. Um, 
which gives you those two because I mean, one, you don't really want to go out and have to find four starters, right? If you can help it, three's bad enough. Um, and you can fill that one time spot, you know, with Libertor or Hudson or some sort of mix. Coffinstein maybe he's in that mix or something at some point in time. You can rotate that fifth spot, but you got to get two. And if you're not going to count on mats, then you probably have to get three out from outside the organization. So I think unless things just go terribly that he's probably in there. What do you think? I think so too. And I'm completely fine with that. Um, I think he's shown this long enough that we know this isn't just luck. At one Mm -hmm. point it was, it started off against some bad teams and we thought that might have something to do with it, but no, he's figured something out. The way he's attacking hitters is amazing. He's not walking guys. I mean, you look at his last 15 games, his whip is just barely over one. Um, His last seven starts his ERA is under three. The guy has figured something out. He's put it together. And what we're seeing, we're seeing the pitcher that the Cardinals signed. This is what he looked like before he came to the Cardinals. And something happened. Something got thrown off. I don't know if it was mechanics. I know he he dealt with some crazy injuries there. But if this is how he's going to pitch, then not only is he in the rotation for next year, but this guy actually looks like a bargain going forward. And I don't think that's something I thought I would have said uh, about six weeks ago. Uh, but I've been, yeah, I've been so impressed with him that it makes it really nice when you know that you've got a lefty that you can already put in, like you said, right in pin uh, for the upcoming rotation next season. Yeah. I mean, any kind of certainty that the Cardinals can get for next year is a good thing. Um, you know, this, this rotation, this lineup feels pretty, the lineup feels pretty good. The rotation is going to meet some work. The bullpen may as well. Um but it still feels like even though the Cardinals lose one to nothing today to the Rockies, which, you know, Austin Gomper was traded for Nolan Arnado, so he's obviously not bad, right? I mean, if you're getting traded for a future Hall of Famer, you have to be a, a really top-notch guy. And so it's not surprising that he could shut down this lineup. Um, but even with that, this offense is fine, right? We've seen some really good things out of this offense over the last – few months after really after april um i'm sure it shuts down every once in a while but i don't feel i feel like it's a little bit more consistent than it used to be that it's going to put up three or four runs at least um and then it has that potential to be a huge breakout so granted they're probably going to trade something from it to get pitching but if they don't have to break it too much things will be a lot better next year yeah i think you're right uh I would like to say today was an anomaly, but we've seen it a little too much this year. Uh, but I don't think we'll see that next year as much, especially as guys kind of get planted in their positions. But yeah, today was frustrating, partly because Zach Thompson pitched such a great game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. four innings, was it eight strikeouts in those four Something innings? Like um, curveball looked nasty. This is the guy that the Cardinals thought they drafted. And it's funny because it's like, seems like since the trades have been made, we've seen Matt and Hudson and Thompson all throw in their best performances of the year, trying to get in the rotation conversation for next year, which, Hey, that's fine. Um, pitch your best. We need it right now. But I hated that. But the thing, I guess the thing that does concern me, you know, the Cardinals went 0 for 9 today with runners in scoring position, but they showed a stat today that showed that this year with the bases loaded, the Cardinals are hitting 186. And with the bases loaded and two outs, they're hitting like 184. And I think that went down even more today. Um, 9 and 23 in one run games. You hope that that's, you think that's got to be some bad luck. Like that's got to flip itself around next year, even if it doesn't happen this year. Um, but 
this offense, it should have been better this year. And we see flashes of that, but then you see games like today and it's so frustrating. Now, Brendan Donovan's out. Guys don't exactly have the motivation that they had at the beginning of the season. Some guys are just returning from injury. I, I get that. Um, but it's it's been a rough go. And, you know, this is getting back into talking about this season, which is kind of already a lost cause. But what frustrates me is even as bad as they played, they're only nine and a half games out in the wild card. So nine and a half games out in the wild card, and they've gone nine and 23 in one run games. I even looked in that Ron Culpa game, the uh, where the call against Burleson kind of really screwed over the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They're five and 10 since that point. I mean, you just flip three of those games around and this team is actually in the hunt, even after the trade deadline. Um, and, and I say that all that to say that you, you think that if they could actually be in the wild card hunt, that the offense could carry them a little bit because the pitching has actually been pretty good lately, but no, I think this part point, they're just too far out and the offense isn't clicking like it needs to, but yeah, next year, Jordan Walker will have a year under his belt, should be better. You think you should probably get more production from the shortstop position, even though Mason Wynn's going to be a rookie. And I I hope that once the outfield is figured out and the Cardinals aren't putting second basemen out there all over the place, that we actually have guys that feel comfortable and are actually hitting. Um, you know, that's one thing. I, I, not a lot of work needs to be done to the lineup next year. I, I, I feel like they could do nothing and focus strictly on pitching and this team is going to be so much better in the favor of the division. Um, do you see any gaps there? Do you see them actually chasing somebody in the offseason to fill in the lineup somewhere? You know, I, I think it was it's Alan on, on Mutual has said he he thinks he wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he thinks that they will, but he wouldn't be surprised if they went out and got like an overwhelmingly good center fielder and that lap freedomed up to trade off some people or something of that nature. I don't, I don't think so. I think that the only gaps, they may have to create some gaps to get pitching. Um, but I feel like there's enough that there that, that, that no, I think that we'll see a pretty good, pretty consistent offense. Um, just looking their ERAs in June, in July was 453, which put them 17th in the league. Um, that's, better than it has been, I guess. Maybe that goes to your point, you know. I mean, they aren't in the 23, 24, 25 range, um, you know, and that's not counting what they've done so far this month. But, um, but yeah, I think that you're right. I mean, I think that, and it, it's pretty clear. I mean, if this team had gotten, boy, I just some sort of consistent pitching. If Miles Michaelis had started April the way he's pitched the rest of the year, if – you hate to say it, but if Adam Wainwright had retired last year, I mean, you're 14 games, I think, into his season now with an eight ERA. That's not helpful. Um, you know, just a couple of things here and there that have gone right for this team. And you probably are at that four or five games back in maybe you did something different at the trade deadline. Of course, that may have been the worst thing possible for this team, because if they had been at the three, four, five games back, they're what standing pat maybe maybe buying some little small piece and they're not addressing the problem that they were having so as bad as this year is i hope i think that it's going to lead to you know a revitalization of 
it may be an uh, eye-opening situation for some of the front office that another year of being somewhat on the edges of contention in a weak division wouldn't have done. Yeah. And you know, if the having their worst record since 1990 at this point is not eye-opening enough, I think looking mm-hmm. at the stands and seeing how many empty seats there are on a weekend in the summer should be eye-opening enough for ownership. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got their money um, because of the ticket sales and things of that nature. And, you know, I, it would take a lot because I think St. Louis, I'd have to look and see exactly if, if it's been out there, but they have 50, 67% of that stadium sold in the winter. Right. I mean, there's, their season tickets is, are that strong. You know, if they start seeing a hit in that, you know, in the renewal situation, and I don't know when that comes around. I've never had season tickets. Um, but, you know, maybe that's, maybe that gets them. Um, but I think that, I think you're right. It's not just the, the financial side of things. I think they look around and say, look, if people aren't coming now, then that, you know, in the future, they're not going to be buying tickets. And, and you're right. This team, this ownership wants to win. You can, you know, do they want to win at all costs? Obviously not, but I don't know that that's the, necessarily the worst thing um, because the Mets ownership wants to win at all costs and see what that's done for them. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that I think that that probably those optics will ring a little bit of a bell. Um, that being said, what um, last year there were a playoff games that weren't fully sold out that didn't seem to push the needle very much. So we'll have to see if, you know, how much it takes for that needle to move. Yeah. You just hope that, and you know, I hate to spend somebody else's money for them. Like who am I to tell a millionaire (laughs) how to spend his money? Uh, But you hope that for the fan's sake that there's, this is a wake up call, but you also hope they do it smart because uh, the Cardinals have one of the most expensive rotations in baseball this year and it's done nothing. And so you hope it's, money spent the smart way, not the Mets or Padres way where you just throw it all out there and you take what you can get. Uh, but you actually put together a good team and good roster. And hopefully we see some meaningful baseball in October. Once we get to next year, man, that's such a long wait. Yeah, it is a long time. We still gotta get through this film first. So, um, but Dave and I will continue to do this. Um, we'll figure out something to talk about. Hopefully, positive things um maybe we'll just have a mason win countdown uh thought <laughs> there was a little bit of like like you said there's a little bit of buzz on friday there was a little bit of buzz today as he got pulled out of a game a little early but turned out he had a little bit of a of an injury and they were just being precautious don't expect him before the 20th or so of august anyway and there's probably not a whole lot of reason to push that so but we'll we'll watch for that we'll watch for other things and maybe who knows we'll even see a winning streak but until then for david i'm daniel good night see ya hey cardinals fans thanks for listening to this week's show if you liked what you heard you can find us on itunes just search gateway to baseball heaven under podcasts and click subscribe while you're there feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.